on the situation in Turkey. Turkey continues to pick up the pieces following the devastating earthquake uh, in uh, the southern part of Turkey. We welcome uh, Sister Hasina Gori, who joins us on the line. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. Uh, our pleasure that you've availed yourself to speak to us. Perhaps you could begin by... Sharing with us, you know, your own experience, uh, what you've seen thus far, and how has the, the mission been uh, for you? So I arrived in um, southern Turkey on Sunday morning and spent most of that time at the airport. Because as you re- uh, remember, at that point, many, many people were trying to evacuate. The airport has been, had been closed um, since Wednesday. Um, that only opened on Wednesday. There was like two or three days after the earthquake happened. Many were trying to leave this region. So at the airport, departures was just a mess of people that were just full of despair hoping to get that ticket to either go to Istanbul, Ankara or uh, to Antalya to some family members to get away from this region because despite the earthquake happening on Monday and the second one happening nine hours later, there's been thousands of tremors. Just as early as this morning, there was uh, more tremors in the areas. People are really fearful of being caught again in those tremors, even though they may not be as extreme as a 7.7, they have been going up to at least uh, 5.1 magnitude. So so it's quite it was quite a devastating time for them just at that space it's been extremely extremely cold from monday afternoon i uh, have traveled through uh, most of the uh, southern uh, Turkey regions that have been affected. So in uh, Gaziantep, we went to Nurda, we went to Karaman Marash, um, Islahi, um, went then to Hatay in the Antakya region, which is one of the uh, affected regions, one of the very uh, badly affected regions as well. And um, as well as Albistan, when we got to Albistan, um, it was quite late in the evening and it was an eerie quietness. In most of these towns that we had gone to, um, such rescue operations were dwindling down the odd few that were still uh, looking for uh, those survivors that may be alive. It had become a recovery mission of bodies um, that were you know, trying to be uh, removed from this rubble so that they could be given a dignified ending at that point. But that town um, that we got to, there was not even that hum of uh, the... Um, excavators and the machinery that you would normally hear in the other kind of areas. There were one or two generators uh, bringing power. It was quite cold, quite foggy. You could hear your voice echo when you spoke um, in that area. It was also bitterly, bitterly cold um, in um, Albistan. Um, I remember that we spent the night, um, you know, just outside of that region. It was quite, um, you know, 
I think, bitterly cold. Um, it was snowing around us and the, the mountains were completely covered with snow. And then we went to Malatya. Um, and that morning, by the time we had gotten there, um, it felt like people were just walking into the central areas um, of that town and just trying to, I, I don't even think, pick up pieces. They were trying to make sense of what just took place, um, you know, walking around, trying to understand, you know, what stood at certain places and, and what was now left of it. We saw some uh, business owners trying uh, to recover some of their goods from their stores that were still viable. Um, most of the stores, you know, driving throughout the regions, we found that the rest stops were completely depleted, uh, shelves empty, either because everything had been sold, but also more for fear of looting. So they've been keeping very minimal stock at that point. Um, we also went to Diyarbakir, um, and then today I went to Kilis, which is on the border of uh, Syria, northern Syria, to, to the road to Aleppo, and where government has tried to open up. Our Turkish government has said they're going to open up at least two border posts to allow for aid to get into that uh, region because the uh, earthquake affected uh, you know, parts of Syria as well, which going through its own devastation, this has just catapulted uh, their human cap- catastrophe. But what I found in every single um, you know town that we went through that was really um, heartbreaking was seeing remnants and, and pieces of people left behind, um, you know, what was left of their homes, um, memories that they could, could not take with them. Um, we also saw people that refused to leave at this point that were just hoping and waiting so waiting in these temporary shelters that have been put up by Afad by other relief organizations is you know hundreds of relief organizations that heeded that call from the Turkish government calling for assistance and you know in this national mourning period and people that were just emotional you could not even talk to them because it just felt insensitive uh, you know to try and speak to them while they were just sitting there praying most of them um hoping that by some miracle they could find you know their family member that was still under that rubble more than a week later some of them just telling us they were hoping that you know a body will be found so that a janaza could be uh, done i went into a town just outside it's actually a little village outside of um hatai um Octavia, which was a small impoverished um village and they took us walking through and showing us the houses where entire families have been you know, lost. Um, they also house Syrian refugees. Um, and this region uh, that we um, are in has been home to many of the migrants um, from the or refugees from Syria who left um, in the last 11 years or so during the instability. And they've made homes here. Now they displaced once again. Uh, when I was in Achilles, uh this morning, um, you know, I asked one of the ladies that we spoke to if she would go back to Syria. And she says, how can she? Because there's nothing there. There's also nothing here right now. Many are being housed in these temporary shelters. Um, in Gaziantep this afternoon, I took a walk through the city center. And, and there you saw people using plastic sheeting over their tents uh, to keep out the cold, um, you know, trying to, you know, keep themselves warm. And the temperatures here today was the warmest we've had, which is about nine degrees. It's gone down to at least minus 10. These are all just adding to what, you know, is just a catastrophe to many of them because um, they woke up on that Monday morning at 4 a.m. and their life shook um, and they've been outside with very little or the few things that they could grab.
What's been warming, though, to see is the kindness that's uh, been coming out, the generosity from the Turkish people in every single town. There is temporary shelters that are officially put up by the Turkish government, by aid organizations, that food stalls uh, throughout or just handing out food. Because it's even if you have the means to buy and money to buy uh, these items, there is no items to buy. So like there's uh, chorba, soup, um, kind of stations put out everywhere, uh, tea stations, um, there are other kind of like a, a donation uh, drives that are being done because people have left with their children. So needing basics such as nappies and wipes and clothes, um, every single a little temporary uh, sites that we visited had heaps and heaps of clothing that were brought in because many again left in their pajamas. I remember one um, survivor that I spoke to said it felt like they were in a movie when they walked outside and you know saw people in their pajamas, you know, wearing whatever they had just woken up with, whatever they could grab. There was the dust that, that kind of uh, lifts when these buildings are crumbling. There was fog. There was snow at that point. It was snowing. Um, you can still see snow in certain of the areas that you go through, um, you know, just having fallen after the uh, buildings collapsed because it's, it's now iced the rubble as well. Um, and throughout the night, you can go at any time. When we in Karaman Marash, we might have got there at maybe 9 or 10 in the evening and the emergency service workers, uh, the uh, res- search and rescue teams were still working, uh, you Know, trying to find you know some uh, detection whether there was sign of life whether there were people that needed assistance um, to come uh, to be uh, you know saved from under this rubble so it's just been a the uh, kind of overview of what we've seen since Monday you know being on the road here in southern Turkey and just trying to understand uh, the level of the devastation and to put into context just the uh, how far or how big this devastation is um, it says that the area is about as big as the size of Germany. So quite a large distance as well. It's 10 provinces um, that were affected in Hatay. Um, there were communities, complete communities that have now been demolished. There's nothing left of it. Um, you know, there's animals that are just, you know, left lying around with no idea where their owners are. There's um, just utter, utter desolation right now. And you feel it in the mood here in Turkey. If you've ever visited this region, it's known for its vibrancy. It's a very alive country. It's, you know, always full of color and, and, and sounds. And all you hear now is the um, excavators mm. in humming in the background. And there's not even the sound of azan, um, you know, so much because some of the masjids have been affected. They've closed. So usually, you know, Turkey, you hear thousands of azans, you know, continuously echoing each other and here you hear one or two that are still open still standing and i was finding it very hard to understand that even in spaces where it looked like the area was fine that it was complete silence because people are extremely scared of being in their homes most of these are high rises people don't want to be staying in there so they have evacuated this area causing also now an internal migration and and issues of uh, you know humanitarian aid and and a human um, you know being uh, now uh, rehomed in another region which is going to add um, on uh, to this for the government to ensure that um, you know those that have moved do have uh, basic needs such as shelter uh, food and and clothing Yes, uh, you've painted fast, you know, a vivid picture of what has transpired, where people are, mm-hmm. how they've responded, and what the current situation is like. Uh, for yourself, mm-hmm. Sina, you know, how long will you be spending in that part of southern Turkey? What's your plans as to when will you be returning to South Africa? 
Um, inshallah, I think I will leave by tomorrow, uh, maybe go into Istanbul for a few days and then return uh, back home to South Africa. Um, it has been difficult, I would say, even to find flights out of uh, Turkey at the moment. The prices, everything has been extremely, extremely expensive and inflated just because of the lack of resources. The roads are, uh, you know, extremely busy at the moment with aid, um, you know, being sent from different regions into this area there's some infrastructure that has been damaged as well so there has been all these other difficulties that have been added on um into um you know this uh, logistics of uh, traveling and, and and reporting on the story but uh, i think inshallah um you know in the next few days i will be uh, leaving this area may allah rabbul Iza, firstly keep you safe may allah rabbul Iza, accept all your efforts and bring you back to south africa Ameen. safely inshallah uh, we really appreciate the update and uh, uh, we'll continue making dua for the people of Turkey, for yourself. Allah Rabbul Izzah, grant mm-hmm. afiat to one and all. Shazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Waalaikumsalam. was Sister Hasina Gori chatting to us all the way from uh, the southern part of Turkey, giving us an update on this situation.